Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Most people are more than willing to help. With that comes networking. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there, which is also aligned with don't be afraid to leverage your network welcome to the best ever show the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff best ever listeners welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show i'm slocum reed and today i'm joined by ross metz ross is a fellow cincinnatian his company is simcap holdings and SimCap Management, Asset Management and Real Estate Investing through syndications and a property management company. They acquire value-add multifamily properties through syndication partnerships with in-house management. Their current portfolio consists of 148 units, all in Cincinnati. Ross also has a personal portfolio of residential properties. Ross, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Slocum, for having me on. It's a pleasure. So background, I actually started in the corporate world working in public accounting. I'm a CPA as well. I got that a few years after college and I worked in corporate accounting and finance for, I guess, a total of 10 years, five of those years with GE. Always knew I wanted to do my own thing. So that's when we started SimCap Holdings back in April of 2022. As you mentioned, over the last 15 months, we've acquired 148 units, traditional scaling method where we started smaller quads, worked our way up to 10, 12 unit buildings. Now we're focused more along the lines of 20 to 100 unit buildings. Currently working on some value add projects, a 30 unit building we acquired a few months ago, and then actually we have a 32 unit coming down the pipe in two weeks. Nice. That will have closed before this episode airs. Ross, your entrepreneurial spirit, your, your background in accounting, there are some natural lines that can be drawn here, but what is it that drew you to this style of real estate investing? When I was working in the corporate world, my wife and I, we did a couple of our own personal house flips. We did our first one about five years ago. It went really well. And that segued into diversifying the investment portfolio a bit. I liked everything about the house flips that we did. I've always enjoyed real estate. So 
over the last four years of my corporate journey, we were acquiring some smaller multifamily stuff. That's kind of where I learned the whole property management aspect, underwriting different deals, different things that can be implemented to improve the model, if you will. And that all went pretty well. And like I mentioned before, I knew that I always wanted to start my own thing and I didn't want to be in the corporate world for my entire adult life. So that was just kind of the natural progression. So like I said, we started smaller with the quads and then worked our way up. At the beginning, my business partner and I, just two of us, we were buying everything with our own personal capital. Naturally, that capital runs out and that's where we moved into the syndication model, raising money on the last four deals. Those last four deals totaling 148 units in the last 15 months. So you are effectively, from a business plan perspective, executing the same thing that you were doing beforehand, just raising capital so that you can do it on a larger scale. That's exactly right. And then previously, we were kind of sourcing everything ourselves in terms of being the general contractor. And that's kind of what led us into the property management piece of things. We acquired a building. It was actually turnkey project managed by our current property manager. He is our business partner as well. Terry, you've met him. So that's how it led to that. He had more of the resources to do things on a larger scale. We obviously like him. Thought he was doing a good job, liked what we saw from him, and was worth going into business with. So that's how we've moved away from that side of things. We let him handle that half of the business while my business partner and I grow the, the asset management, capital raising, marketing side of things. Ross, we know each other outside of this conversation. So I'm going to fill in a couple of gaps in the relationship with your property manager that you just brought up. And I want you to correct my assumptions where I'm wrong, but also put a little more detail into this for our listeners. You're entering into a multifamily property size that is historically difficult to manage because it's too small to put boots on the ground full time. And it's larger than single family, of course, but the typical mom and pop four families in particular. So... As you entered this space, you identified a quality property manager, and instead of just hiring them third party to manage your stuff, you structured a partnership with this manager to give you a little closer access to the activity happening on your properties. Can you tell us a little bit more about the dynamic of that partnership? And in particular, I want to know how is your property manager incentivized as a business partner by the success of the portfolio and your ability to execute on your business plan? Yeah. So the first half of that really was just the timing acquired a building that was a part of a larger portfolio from a group. They were selling all their properties and our current property manager was the manager of that entire portfolio. Timing wise, he was doing the exact same thing we were doing. He was in the infancy stages of starting his own company. So through the acquisition of that building, we got to talking with him and he let us know what he was doing, that he would like to stay on as the manager of that particular building. At the time, it was one of the larger in our portfolio. So we said, yeah, we'd love to give you a shot. The building is beautiful. You manage the entire renovation. We like what we see. Let's see what you can do from a management standpoint. 
So through that relationship, again, we really liked what we saw and we thought to ourselves, we can grow together as opposed to going out and recreating the wheel. Why not buy into the business? That way we can grow and do things together. And then with that, we can pitch out the entire front to back asset acquisition through management, through disposition is then all in-house, all under the same name, which makes us a bit more attractive when we go to raise money as well. And then the incentive piece for the management company, obviously, if they do a really good job, we hit our numbers, we maximize our return for investors, everybody makes more money. Those investors are more likely to reinvest with us. We have more funds to invest to acquire more assets, which then enlarges the cycle. Then he is the manager on those buildings, increases his portfolio size. He gets to grow as a business. So it's a nice alignment. It's working out really well. It's very untraditional. You typically just hear third-party management or in-house management. We're kind of a hybrid, if you will. We sit in the same office and work on a day-to-day basis, which gives us tremendous advantage in terms of knowing everything that's going on. We know what owners are looking for, right? Because we are owners in terms of reporting. So we can guide him in, in doing that. I think we have a pretty good handle on the marketing and the appearance side of things. So we're helping develop that. He maintains the SIM cap name, which is short for simple capital for anyone that doesn't know. So he benefits from that as well, while we're getting the benefits of in-house management, if you will. I'd like to dive a little deeper in the alignment of interest in this relationship. My understanding is that you and your partner in apartment syndication are part owners of the property management company. Is your property manager also general partner in your syndications now? Not yet, but he's expressed interest and we'd be happy to have him as a general partner when we get to that point, further incentivizing a quality service. Ross, making the assumption that everyone is operating with high levels of integrity, making the assumption of course, because I'm willing to assume that about you and your guys, but also because I am looking to have a more tactical conversation. Being that your property manager is your business partner in terms of return, how is that advantaging the property manager when you successfully execute in your business plan? Let me take a step back. One of the biggest issues with third-party management is the lack of alignment of interest because the way that the property manager gets paid is not based on NOI, it's based on gross collections. So you often find a disincentive or a disincentive spiral where the property manager's goal is just revenue because that's how they get paid. It's not NOI. So with this kind of hybrid third-party, pseudo third-party, pseudo in-house path that you're taking to property management, On the spreadsheet, when it comes to financial returns, where is the alignment of interest with your property manager? Yeah, so this is what I was kind of getting at in terms of we can provide the perspective of an owner. Like you mentioned, we're more interested in the NOI. So we can work with him to drive certain pieces of the business or provide certain services or focus on certain areas to drive that NOI. And then when you have a happy owner, 
he's operating under our name. We're not going to do anything to allow that to be tarnished. So we have an interest in his performance in that the goal is that people know the SimCap name. We wouldn't want one side to be known as crap, if you will, and then the other side we're focused on. So the incentive there is we can provide the owner perspective, help him drive certain aspects to increase that NOI. With that, you get happy owners who then refer you to other owners, which increases business as well. So I think we get an inside look at what it takes to have successful property management without having it in-house. He gets an inside look at, okay, here's actually what owners are focusing on. Here are some unique things that I can implement that kind of separate myself from the rest of the property managers. So I think there's a lot of equal and mutual benefit with that. We're kind of driving towards the same thing. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you looking to raise money from private investors to buy commercial real estate? Syndicationattorneys.com is here to guide you every step of the way. At syndicationattorneys.com, they do more so you can do more. They create real estate syndication and fund offering documents, but they also educate you on the ins and outs of raising private money, ensure your offerings comply with securities laws, and help you structure fair deals with investors so everybody wins. With reasonable lump sum fees and over $2.75 billion in securities offerings created, syndicationattorneys.com has the expertise you need. But that's not all. Syndicationattorneys.com also offers weekly attorney-led masterminds, networking, and strategy sessions through their pre-syndication consulting agreements. To learn more, visit syndicationattorneys.com today to get started. This offer is not available to Florida residents. Deciding how to invest your capital is more challenging than ever. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company with a solid track record and that has thrived through various economic cycles. Companies like BAM Capital. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator that has delivered a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has never missed a preferred payment, never lost an LP's investment, and never called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital is currently raising capital for a fund designed for accredited investors targeting a 15 to 20% IRR and a 2 to 2.5x equity multiple to its investors over a three to five year hold period. If you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about multifamily investment opportunities with BAM Capital, visit capital.thebamcompanies.com. Again, that's capital.thebamcompanies.com the bam companies.com thinking about our active investor listeners who grapple with the question of property management i've had this conversation several times on the podcast specific to construction management recently do you bring it in house do you get a construction manager into your general partnership to add that expertise to your team and compensate it with general partnership ownership percentage is there another way to bring that or other management components in-house or onto the team in order to increase the amount of control that the GP has over the asset and, of course, to increase returns. Thinking about doing it the way that you have where you take an ownership stake in the property management company, I guess it's actually two questions. With your structure, what sort of decision-making power does that give you in the big picture decisions made by the property management company 
And are you in a position to profit off of property management as a business, as part owner of that company? So the first piece is when we made the decision to buy in, one of the decision makers was that the resources that our property manager had were a bit more organized and I think a little bit larger of a network when it comes to the construction side of things. So we liked that. With that, again, still early on, could be proven wrong. And like you said, we could find out that it's better worth our while to bring on a construction manager in the GP side of things. But that's the beauty. We can make that decision down the road. It's not something that we see a need for at the moment. But as we get more and more into heavier construction projects, there's going to be a decision that has to be made. Do we bring in a construction manager on the property management side? So working under the property management side of the company, or do we bring them in to be a GP or work with SimCap Holdings, which is the capital raising and asset management side of things. So TBD on what to be done there, but there will be a point where we have to make that decision. What was the second half of that question? The second half was, are you in a position to profit off of property management now? Yeah. With part ownership in that company, we get a percentage of the net income. And is that specific to the management of your assets or is that everything the company manages, including stuff outside of your portfolio? Everything the company manages. Going back to your question, what would drive us to make sure that the property management side of things is operating well with integrity and growing aside from them? We have the same name, right? Want everyone to know SimCap in a positive light. There's also the revenue aspect, right? We're making money off of their growth as well. Last question before we transition this episode, Ross. In part, while we're having a conversation about property management and how to tackle property management in your portfolio, the underlying conversation is about the asset size, that 20 to 100 or really 20 to 50 or 60 unit property that I also invested in the Cincinnati area. So I get it. My answer was keep management in-house. I am the property management company. For the moment, it's appropriate this way with my portfolio size being what it is, but the people who are showing apartments and fixing faucets and toilets and handling the bookkeeping and the rent collection and all the tenant and prospective tenant communications, they all, relatively speaking, report directly to me. So that's been my solution. Taking a step back to the larger question that maybe I should have started with, Ross, this 20 to 50 unit space that you're in now, 20 to 100 being the target for the moment, why is it that that's the space you're operating in right now? Is it simply to continue to scale until you get to larger projects, 100 plus, that have more of those efficiencies of scale? Or is there something else you're seeing in properties this size or in the greater Cincinnati area that attracts you to properties this size? A lot going on there. So first thing, 20, too big for mom and pop, 100, relatively speaking, too small for your institutions. In addition to that, starting in the 20 to 100 is proof of concept, right? 
it's going to be tough going to people trying to raise $15 million if we haven't done anything before. And quite frankly, I wouldn't feel comfortable asking for capital to do that if I haven't developed the skill set on a smaller scale. So it's really just building up that comfort, building up a proof of concept, not having to compete with large institutions. And then if we're speaking geographically, strictly about Cincinnati, there's really just not that many 100 plus unit buildings anyways. They're really hard to find. Even your 50 to 100 is pretty tough to find. There's plenty of 10 to 30, but once you get outside of that 30 to 50, they're really tough to find unless they're brand new or newer builds. So yeah, multiple pieces to that answer. And then I guess you, you briefly mentioned it. The goal is to scale, right? So we can use these buildings to leverage up, make money off the sale, roll funds into bigger assets. It's a tale as old as time, the multifamily space. On that note, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I think so. Let's do it. Awesome. What is the best ever book you recently read? David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me, a huge believer in the unconquerable mindset, and I don't love the self-help life coaching books. So that one fit perfectly into what I enjoy. What is your best ever way to give back? My nephew actually has Down syndrome, so involved a little bit in the Down Syndrome Association of Greater Cincinnati. I also like to get involved in community development. Obviously, I'm heavily invested in the success of Cincinnati. I did sit on a board that focused on community development of lower income areas around the city. I'm no longer on that board, but looking for something similar going forward. Nice. On the properties that you have acquired, Ross, what is the biggest mistake you've made and the best ever lesson that resulted from it? Don't underestimate the first year in terms of underwriting the amount of time it can take, whether it's doing the actual construction, if it's tenant turnover, dealing with how long that can take. So I guess learning from it is just better thought preparation and analysis when going after a deal. What is your best ever advice? Don't be afraid to leverage your networks. Every entrepreneur or most entrepreneurs have all been in the same spot at one point or another. And most people are more than willing to help with that comes networking. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there, which is also aligned with don't be afraid to leverage your network. Last question. Where can people get in touch with you? You can find me on LinkedIn, also on Facebook, and then you can check out our website, simcapholdings.com. Those links are in the show notes. Ross, thank you. Best ever listeners. Thank you as well for tuning in. If you've gained value from this episode, please do subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend you know we can add value to through our episode today. Thank you and have a best ever day. Thanks, Logan. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so, join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.